For my second minutes, I was go to the O. Mighty dollar in the O. Mighty power up that ch ch ch, -ch chopper, sister, brother, son, daughter, father, motherfucker, copper, got the Maserati dancing on the All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, transition a little bit to a little bit of college football and some. Of the action over the weekend um we'll kind of start with of course uh the red river uh texas uh ou got some shawshank redemption of course it went to the tune of 49 to zero but um i think they came out and set the tone i figured that they would um defensively i mean i gotta tip my hat to brent uh, head coach because it's definitely I don't I mean he didn't go coach prime transfer portal so you can't really put it on like oh he just win the transfer portal but you know the defense the way they play it it could just be maybe he simplified things this offseason uh in their offseason programs in regards you know coming over from Clemson you've been there you know for 10 15 years with Dabo and you know you go to a new scenery and you just think hey well this is how we do it well no it took you a year going through and maybe and these are some of the criticism I heard because some of the last year, some of his, you know, defensive language and, you know, assignments that were just, they were too much for this group. So I think he went through that learning for his first time as a head coach. Uh, instead of just a defensive coordinator, he made adjustments and they're like night and day defensively, uh, you know, from they were from last year. So that's number one. Uh, and Gabriel, their young quarterback, um, look, I don't live, you know me, I always preach against the microwave society, prisoner of the moment, uh, putting uh, iconic titles on things. I'm not from that, I'm not cut from that cloth, and that's just not me. But with all that said, and I'm not saying there, but this, this is the first young man, and I'm not saying that just because they throw from the same side and they're both left handed. But this is the this is a kid that you you I don't know if there is truth to this I don't know um, if it's the case, but in my opinion, seeing him play is probably the closest thing I've ever seen somebody looking like they modeled their young adult career behind Steve Young. He, I'm not telling you that he's as good as Steve Young was. I'm not telling because honestly, I didn't see too much of Steve Young at BYU. I wasn't into college football at that time when Steve was doing his thing. But I know what Steve looked like on Sundays. And ironically, he wears the same number, um, but he's left-handed. And the way they used him with his legs and his passing, I don't think he's, I can tell you right now, he's not as, ac I don't think he's as accurate as Steve Young. But the way he kind of moves as a left-hander really resembles that, in my opinion. Um, so they have him one. They have them one uh, in this young man. Uh, they should be able to continue to recruit around him for the next couple years. Uh, but Oklahoma really won this game defensively. I think they controlled in the first half. I mean, Texas did make some adjustments. But really, what was surprising to me that Oklahoma really won the trenches battle because we've been praising Sark about building Texas's D-line and offensive line more like that old tradition SEC you know, type of girth and and. And physicality, but you know, OU, which both of these teams are going to the SEC, but OU was really able to rectify that, um, you know, in an offseason. And and Brent's going in his second year. Hell, even um, 
you know, Quentin Ewers, the quarterback for Texas, spoke on it after the game. He just said, hey, they're a lot better defensively this year than they were last year. But it was a great game. It was a good game. Uh, came down to the last play. Um, I'm eager to see what the AP uh, and the coaches poll, what they do uh, with Texas. I haven't looked at that yet. I haven't seen it. Uh, but I am interested to see what they do with Texas and what they do with OU after those have taken place. What do you got? Well, what they've done with them, because mm-hmm. we do have the new polls okay. out. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma jumps seven spots up to number five. Uh, meanwhile, Texas drops six to number nine. So still inside the top ten. Um, and Texas drops to where? Number nine. Okay, number nine. From still, three. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know really what the competition level is going to be with Texas going forward. I, I mean, I think until they get back, and there's very possible they'd be playing this team again in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, we've seen that before in this region. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think really there's probably the last, and not saying this could be the only loss that they get, but it should be their last stiff competition in games that they will be as short as favored as they were, in my opinion. Um, I don't think this one game is going to derail them. I think they're too talented for that, speaking of Texas. Uh, but we'll see where they go from here. Colorado. Um, you know, Colorado was able to be victorious against uh, Arizona State. Um, didn't really get to pay attention to this team, this game too too much. I had my interest uh, other places. Uh, but I will tell you that I did listen to the reaction of Coach Prime, and you know, you would have swore that they lost the game, but he kind of talked about the brand of football that he's kind of getting disgusted seeing in regards to uh, not all phases coming together, um, in regards to the penalties and all this other stuff. He feels like, yes, I want to win because they always tell you at every level, whether it's college or football or NFL, excuse me, you don't apologize for W's. Okay, you can make excuses for losses, but you can't, you don't apologize for wins. So to me, he's saying, hey, a win's a win, but there's a certain way that he wants to win. And to me, I have no problem with that. And I think it's refreshing because he's setting the expectations and the standards of where, what he expects in Colorado. And that's that's the reality. He's setting the standards of what he expects. And that's even going forward, not the rest of the season, but for going forward. Um, also, um, keeping it in the backyard, uh, Texas Tech was able to beat down Baylor pretty bad. Um you know, Texas was a favorite going into that game. Uh, both of those teams, though, both of those programs with Baylor and Texas, has kind of, I mean, I don't really know what you have in either one of those because those are two programs, at least in 2023, they've kind of been up and down. And, you know, uh, they've been competitive in some games. They've kind of got the doors broke, blown off in them some games. So I don't really know what to take from that win. It's just the fact that, you know, anytime you can get a Big 12 conference win, you don't apologize for that. But Texas was able to be pretty much victorious over Baylor, uh, which Baylor's just that that's a weird mixed bag uh, with that head coach, which I like him. But it's just, you know, you go from the Matt Rule era and you kind of go even before the Matt Rule era. There was some mess there. We all know about the Art Brow situation, but that's a program that's in a weird state in my opinion as well too um utsa birds up roadrunners was able to get a victory i spoke wrong friday i thought that game was in the dome they played temple but it wasn't here but they ended up beating the brakes off of them they were like a 14 and a half point favorite uh but they were able to go ahead and stop their skid what do you got and frank harris did return to so do he so did play. as well okay so frank did how did he look uh, by all accounts, pretty good. Okay. Yeah, not too much stiff competition. I, too, but was 
I had my eyes on other right. things. But yeah, just Temple. Uh, we'll just put just one, you know, birds up, give them their shout out. Um, also, look, USC had to do everything they could to escape the dozen in a triple overtime victory over Arizona. That freshman quarterback Arizona's got, I can see why he was a highly recruited young man. He's the truth. Uh, he had a lot to do with getting that game. I think Arizona played some uh, inspiring defense, though, and, and I think also it shows and it still continues to glare the light on USC that, yes, they've got the Heisman reigning champion probably the first back-to-back Heisman winner we're gonna see um but at the end of the day he's he's really carrying a, a big load um in with USC I mean from their defense it's just bad it's bad um I, I think it's one of those that if you look at it Arizona they really got what they wanted all night defensively and, and I think too it comes with that. That's the reason why the coaches like, you know, Kirby, Nick Saban, those guys, Urban Meyer, you know, they make it look so easy and simple when you're dealing with 18, 19 year old kids on how you get them to get up. Even if they're the number one team in the country, the number three team, they've got an 18, 22 game winning streak. Coaches like that make them respect their opponent every week. Lincoln Riley, in my opinion, is lacking in that department and as a coaching staff. You know, yes, the the defense has some issues, but Arizona, they're so talented on offense that Arizona should not be taking them into triple overtime. And, you know, Caleb Williams is pretty much starting to work on his brand. I mean, he's been working on his brand, but we're getting to that point of the season and we're getting to that point here pretty soon, especially in college and how the draft and prospects are talked about around the year, even while the season's currently in, you know, motion. I, I think, you know, with Caleb, it's going to be up to Lincoln Raleigh, you know, because I believe they still got Oregon on their schedule and they still got to play Washington, I believe. Um, they've got some Pac-12 opponents um, and UCLA, they've got some Pac-12 opponents that if they're not careful, they can stub their toe. They're not, they don't have that margin for error on the defensive side of the ball. They just don't. And they're going to have to make some changes in the offseason uh, defensively in regards to what they're doing. Uh, Lincoln Riley is going to have to address that if they're really going to want to compete for national championships. What do you have? Yeah, five of their last six opponents are all ranked. Uh, you've got next is mm. Notre Dame. This weekend, then Utah, who's currently sitting at number 16. You've got number seven, Washington, number eight, Oregon, and then number 18, UCLA, um, uh, to close out the season. That's some tough sledding there. Um, you know, I, I think to me, when I look at the Pac 12, the only thing I'm sold on really the Pac-12 in general, that I think they've been the best consistent conference this season. It's crazy since this is the demise and how much they got beat up in the offseason. And number two, that's what that that's the land right now. Is in 2023, that's the land of the quarterbacks this year. That's where pretty much outside of Drake May, which resides in the ACC, that's where you're creaming the crop of quarterbacks to come in hell. I'm not a big fan of him. I've kind of teased him because his whole – I had to watch pictures of him in his little Auburn jersey and his oh, – he grew up Auburn. First thing, he got a chance to go in the portal. He bust, oh, you really you really, blew, you really bleed and dream playing Auburn, right, Bo? Oh, Bo. 
Well, old Bowden played his his ass in probably to a late first round, second round pick. So the quarterbacks are in that Pac-12, okay? And the one thing I want to see, I want to see Oregon go. They got to go on the road, I believe, to Washington. Washington looks like that quarterback, that brother in that offense, they look like, to me, they're the most unstoppable offense in the country. Now, I've got to see them away from home, but at the same breath, I want to see Oregon go in there and try to get that victory. Okay, you look at USC, same situation. I mean, when you get to that rivalry game with the UCLA, hey, the one thing UCLA, you never thought you'd say this, but Chip Kelly's got a defense. And he's probably better on defense than he is offense. UCLA has a defense that can travel. The problem they've got, they're playing with a true, highly talented, but he's a true as, uh, oh, my man Diaper Dandy uh, would say, you know, he he's he's a young freshman. Okay, he's a, he's a young, he's a Diaper Dandy. That's, that's pretty much what old Dick Vitale keeps fighting man oh dick's fighting his cancer every day i'd follow him on twitter uh prayers to him he's a fighter he's a diaper dandy man the quarterback ucla so they got a defense so the reason why i bring them up usc's gonna have to see them so caleb i feel if usc ends up being your pac-12 champions you can just book it that this is gonna be a back-to-back heisman trophy winner and i don't even think that necessarily they've got to win it because as i see the competition you've got to talk about the quarterback uh ed washington and him but that list you know DeSure sanders i think you know his team's success you know in regards to the level of competition that's really left for them to play and how it played out i think you know he might get an invite to new york but he really doesn't have the chances next year would be his time to really try to see if he compete for a heisman but um you it's going to be up to lincoln riley to try to get these young men to really step up and be ready to play every week every saturday and friday night because at the end of the day they don't have the margin for error on the defense just as a whole if they want to go and get to where they're going 877-37-GRIND for the other texas team texas a&m okay alabama goes into college station with this physical defense Texas A&M has, physical offensive line that Alabama has that's pretty much underachieved for the most part, in my opinion, but they've gotten to play better. Uh, and Alabama's quarterback, I'm still not sold on because it is what it is. Uh, his, you know, I just think when you go through a drop-off, if you go from Hurts to a Young, this is a drop-off. I mean, I think he can make the throws. He's very athletic. Uh, they played better. They got a W. That's a tough place to play in 12-man college station. Do you know, because you know I wasn't going to give you 41-74 and 74 since Gary Kubiak left, Without also saying, well, let me see what else stats I can come up with. Texas A&M, since joining the SEC, they are 2-10 and 10 against Alabama. 2-10. and 10. That's unacceptable with Jimbo. Now, Kevin Sumlin got some of that. But Jimbo, Jimbo was brought in to do a lot more. Now, again, it's going to depend with A&M. It just comes down to, I've always said that, I've said this for the last couple of years. I'm still a little bit shocked that Jimbo, because remember Jimbo used to have that title as that quarterback whisper. 
I'm surprised that he has not been able to solidify a quarterback that pops off at the at the screen. I mean, I know what it looked like when Jameis Winston was with Jimbo at Florida State. I mean, Jameson was not – I ain't talking Jameson on the NFL Sundays. I'm talking Jameson on Saturday. I've seen what that looked like. I haven't seen anything close to that at A&M. And you're recruiting on the borders and in the state of Texas and you're recruiting on the borders of Louisiana and you're Jimbo Fisher. You won a national title and you coached a quarterback and got him drafted number one overall and you haven't got it right. Now, this young man that he's got that Jonas put me on his radar. Now, I'm going to give him time to kind of keep things going. He don't look horrible, but I don't think he's I don't know if he's that dude. And, you know, look, as we expand the playoffs. As we cut the college fat and we get to the contenders and we separate the pretenders, the question is going to be is what Texas A&M, how much does the school president and how much the athletic director, how much more of this do they want to stomach with Jimbo until you just got to pull the Band-Aid as well and cut the loss and write the check and deal with it? Because as the playoffs are getting ready to expand, are you willing to ride that out with him and say, well, damn, at least I'm hoping Jim can get one of these 12? Or you want to say, hey, let's go into this new era and let's just go and bite the bullet and move forward. Two and 10 against Alabama, the team that you got to run through as long as St. Nick's there, that is not good. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting uh, from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind.
All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produces for the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And the last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by, uh, excuse me, Zing Zang. All right, two words, a key to any perfect cocktail. That is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. And don't forget, they still got their bla- uh, bloody blazing, bloody mix, berry mix. There you go. I can't even talk. It's Monday. Uh, Zing Zang. But whatever you do, don't forget, Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right. Let's continue. So there's my college, uh, you know, notes. I'm kind of there's nothing really else to say about Cristobal in Miami. You know, and I know one guy that's basically a diehard U fan or whatever. I haven't a chance to reach out to him yet. But, yeah, the whole talks you have to hear every once, four or five. Oh, the U's back. The U's back. That's uh. That was just one of those that I looked at the young man on there. They reading his lips. He's kind of like, what are we doing? And those are the ones that you could lose a locker room quickly. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen. And what I didn't know, this is Cristobal's second time in his career doing this. I mean, I know he's been in Oregon before, so I don't know if that's what they, they talk about, if it happened when he's in Oregon. But, like, since Pop Warner football, Okay, in my backyard, in the two one zero, you call it. They had the Mustang leagues. I don't even know if they still around. That's way back in the day, back in my neck of the woods. But from since Pop Warner to hell, six on six deep in the country woods of Texas. That's six on six football, all the way up to middle school, high school, class five A, Division one, Division two, six man. Everybody didn't heard of a victory formation. I mean, come on, man. Like, what does he say to the team? It's not so much after the game, because you can sit there and apologize. Hey, that one's on me. This You can go to me. But I really want to know, when you show back up to practice on Tuesday or whenever they, you know, reavene from class or they go back, what do you say? Now, no disrespect, because I think Crystal Ball is a good coach, but he doesn't have skins on the wall like Nick Saban. Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney. So what does he say? I'm going to be watching Miami very close. Like, I wouldn't even been paying attention to this game. This game didn't make the docket on Friday for breakdowns. I wasn't even trying to handicap this game. I didn't care about it. It wasn't until I was tagged on Twitter until I saw, like, damn, that went down. And the next thing you know, by Sunday, every day, if NFL guys are talking about it, every, it's just embarrassing. That's very embarrassing. What do you got? If I recall correctly, we went over a top 10 list or a top 5 list over the summer about you know college coaches on the hot seat. And I feel like Cristobal's name was on there. And you were like, not yet. Right. You know, what did they I finish last that. year? What, you know, what's his record? Not yet. Are you putting him on that hot seat now, especially at coming off of this decision? Uh, is, is that one decision enough to say, okay, yeah, he's on the hot seat? Or, or 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 is that maybe a bit of an overreaction? I think it's an overreaction because at the end of the day, this team was 17th in the AP going into this game. It's their first loss. Uh, I think that's an overreaction, but make no mistake about it. It's definitely in, it's on his resume. The AD and the president, it's on his resume now. Especially if this, if they tailspin from there, you know, look, they're going to go against some teams that they're talented, more talented is, they're going to win. But if they go, I don't know what their schedule is, but let's just say they get against another top 15 school or 20 school. If you can't start, if you start letting this 
lead to L's against those, then yeah. Then we. But I think for him to sit there and say that they pinpoint this and fire him at the end, I said, no, I don't think so. Because I'm pretty sure he's still got a healthy buyout. But this is one of those that they put back in their memory bank, though. What do you got? Well, they answer the question of who you've got coming. I mean, next it's going to be North Carolina, who's ranked number 12 right now. Then you've got unranked Clemson unranked Virginia. You don't see another ranked opponent until uh, number four, Florida State, and then 14, Louisville. But look at that North Carolina game. Look at look at this bad coaching decision. Look at the lackluster. Well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. This decision, look at some of the juice that is taken out of this matchup already. We, I haven't even looked at the board yet, looked at the schedule. I did do that midweek. But just for you telling me that's their next opponent, I can tell you right there, this took that play, that takes juice out of this game because they could have been going in undefeated. They were 17th in the AP going in this game. If they win that game, even though they struggled, Georgia Tech has hung with some teams. Georgia Tech's not a good football team this year. But at the end of the day, they would go. They probably could have been bumped up to maybe 15th, 14th. At least, and then you're going against a top-rated team in Carolina that's undefeated. Um, now, I would tell you, if you're Carolina, you need to watch out for angry, wounded duck. It's re- this is really where we're going to factor in where Coach Cristobal's at, okay? Um, which kind of reminds me that I've got one more SP take before I get out of here. Something else I'm going to be looking for. Speaking of Sean P., Sean Payton. Uh, it's going to say a lot about crystal ball, but I, I just feel like that. I, if you're Carolina, be ready because if they go and upset Carolina, I mean, we're never going to forget that. I mean, that's going to be on bloopers for years to come. I mean, that's coaching not 101, but it's at least going to soften that blow if you go upset Carolina and then run it away from there. Because I guarantee you, if they're able to run the rest of the conference table, when a committee looks at them, they'll look at that play and think, do you punish those kids or those young men for a blunder coaching mistake that should have been victory formation? Probably not. But the thing is, psychologically, can they even get to that point to hold on? Because pretty much they probably Miami had no room for error. They probably need to run the table to even get considered in one of these final four spots. But the reality of it is now you got one loss. You damn sure can't afford another one. Or you're done. You'll still get a good bowl game. That play probably cost the university millions of dollars down the road if you look at it. Basically, a spot that could have cost them. 877 uh, grind. What else the college I wanted to touch on? Yeah, I talked about UCLA getting a victory. Um, oh, there you go. Um, look, man. We, we've got some unsolved mysteries. I, I think some of them are easier than others. But, like, what happened to them? You know, like Cash Money used to have a song with Birdman. Look, what happened to that boy? That was Clips. I'm sorry. But Birdman was in there. What on Cash Money? That was on Clips. What happened to that boy? We've got a lot of What the hell didn't happen? We got one. What happened to that boy? Speaking of that defense from the Denver Broncos for 22 to 23. We got another one. What happened to that boy? LSU. What in the hell is going on? I know they came back and won the game against Missouri. Uh, Missouri's not a slouch. They were undefeated coming in this game, too. But the LSU defense has just fallen off the face of the map. Where did it go? Who was that lady, that the, the, the mystery of the lady? But you know me, I love history, but some of my memory's gotten bad since I've gotten older. Um, who is the woman that basically flew around the Bermuda Triangle and all of a sudden her plane disappeared until this day there's been documentary that we still don't know what the hell what was her name amelia Earhart. amelia Earhart award you got her and uh charles Lindbergh. yeah charles Lindbergh was that the one that did the who's well there was he one that did the too 
There was one that did a bank robbery, a, a thief that got away. I don't know if that's, oh, that's the guy. I don't know if he's the one that escaped Alcatraz or not. But anyway, back to sports. See, I'm well diverse, man. That's why I argue a lot with stuff I'm passionate about. Because I'm really, look, man, I put in the work to really try to be grounded. Okay. Don't judge how I speak by the knowledge that's really in my head. But anyway. The Amelia Earhart Award. Yeah. LSU, man. But you know what? See, I can't solve. Well, I can kind of solve what's going on in Colorado with their defense. You know, in LSU, uh, well, I'm going to sit there and say, oh, go Tigers. Ed O, Ed o the guy that left there when Brian Kelly was showing up and changing his accent. Like, hey, I'm just. Still collecting checks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know what? I can sit there and say, okay, I see. The reason why you were pretty good last through your defense, some of them players, that was some of Ed O still recruits. Now we're getting to the nuts and bolts, and this defense needs some help. Man, they're bad. And that is LSU. You're talking about, I've said this before, man. I said it a week ago. Tyron Matthew, all these are Booger Mafarla. These guys are sick, man. I mean, the LSU is supposed to be known for defense, man. They won the game, but that felt like another loss. So I really don't know. And, they're, and they've got a hell of They got one of the best offenses in the SEC, you know. Um, so I think that's everything that I wanted to cover on the college football scene. Um, one last thing about Alabama. It's funny to me. As they look like they're maybe not as, I don't know if talented is the right word to say, but they're just not as good, even though they got a win, speaking of Alabama. The one thing that's ironic to me is that finally Nick Saban, I've been saving this take for the last couple of years, but finally he's finally nailed and really got like a legit field goal kicker. I mean, this kicker they've gotten, he's, I mean, this is like his second year kicking, I think. He's in his second or third year, but you got to think. I mean, Nick could easily have, it wasn't for the field goal position, Nick could probably easy have maybe two to three more national titles than he does right now so when i see this kid kick especially in tough places like 12th man and college station and he continues to be solid i'm like wow everything else looked but nick finally spent one of them scholarships on a damn good kicker uh but keeping it moving um like I said, we've got the NBA preseason. Uh, it's been underway. Uh, I didn't get a chance to check out Golden State, what it looked like early on with Chris Paul. I know they had a preseason game the other day, uh, waiting to see the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets, uh, as they get ready to defend their title. Uh, but tonight in our backyard, I'm pretty sure if you don't have it, you'll get eyes on it. But on NBA TV, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are going to make the Wimby debut uh, in regards to taking on the OKC Thunder. So preseason season gets underway uh, how did everybody because you said you went to the joint practice not joint practice but the free practice Jonas, the scrimmage the scrimmage how did everybody else look i mean i know wimby surprised you know dunk and it's for the fans but how else did look? anything stand out to you like physically like hey man that guy looks like he put on muscle that guy looks a little different anything that stood out to you well, just stick with Wemby. He definitely put on muscle. Yeah, I think so you I've can seen see that. it. Yeah. Um, for the, working its way around the internet today is Wemby's official weight at two twenty nine, which gives him a twenty pound off season gain uh, between. Damn, that's pretty impressive. What, what, what we've been told, he said ten or fifteen when speaking to the media. Um, so twenty pounds is floating around out there. Devin Vassell looked great. That's um, good news. Just fantastic. Uh, beyond the arc, inside, vocal leadership. It, it's everything you wanted to see. Hmm. Uh, Malachi Branham and Blake Wesley, those two guards I've been talking up, you know, they, they shined. Devontae Graham, pickup last year, I think, is part of the Josh Richardson trade with New Orleans. Uh, he looks like a, just a, a solid piece. I'm not saying he's a starter or anything by any by any means, but just what he brings to the team. Julian Champagny, uh, big size coming over there from Philadelphia. You know they had that open roster spot they brought mm. him in. 
he had some good games. So and and then Jetty Osman coming down from Cleveland, you know they picked him up uh, in, a, in, a, in a I think free agency or some one of those three team trades or whatever this off season too. Hmm. So they've got some names, they've got some players. Uh, overall, uh, the athleticism, I mean the pace of game was nice. Um, and, and my guy Zach Collins, I think that's a really we talked about it last week. Jeremy Sohan didn't play at all. Uh, Keldon Johnson didn't play at all either. They were both in street clothes. Um, when we talked about, okay, well, who's Pop, who is Pop talking about a good player, you know, coming off the bench? Uh, Sohan didn't have the opportunity to play, but Zach Collins still bringing the aggression inside and out. He played with Wemby on Wemby's team. So you got to see a bit of what that could look like, again, if we project a starting lineup to where Wemby, and he they had Wemby <laughs> listed as a, as a forward center Mm-hmm. on the big screen uh and then they had uh, zach collins listed as the center so yeah, just, you're really, just projecting it out there no i got you but you really go put zach collins under the microscope on this show i would have to look at him because i've to me um is is mcdermott still on this team mcbuckets mcbuckets yeah See, those are two cats i got in the same category right now I, to me i'm just i need to see more um, I get it while they're here, both of them. Um, I would probably say I'll probably be a little bit hard on McBuckets before Zach because he's a coach's son, and I and I've seen him enough now from when he used to play with his dad to his other couple stops in the NBA. Uh, but no, this should be excited. I don't know. I mean, you got. I don't know how much I'm going to tune into the Spurs preseason night. To be honest with you, I understand the Wimby. Uh, you know. Hype is still there, uh, but you know, look, I, I've got. We're on the verge of maybe the Dodgers, I, and I've told y'all all, all the season. I said, look, Dodgers got one of the best one through nine lineups coming in here, but I'm concerned with their pitching, and their ace got knocked up. You know, uh, in regards to game one, game two tonight. So I know I'm going to be in that Diamondbacks, and then you've got a rocket series with Philly and Braves, and of course we've got Monday Night Football between the Packers and the Raiders. So I don't know how much preseason Spurs action, but I, I know it's going to be on the highlights. But I'll probably tune in, you know, just a few to catch at least on how much they're going to allow him to play and what it looks like. Yeah, give it the first five minutes because this is supposed to be Wemby versus Chet Holmgren. Chet coming back oh. and making, you know, finally taking the court after his list Frank injury last year. So two big seven-footers. Uh, tall, they're thin. They're not, they're not stacked, guys. Um, but you're going to have that. Then you also, in preseason action tonight, it all gets started with Celtics and Knicks and then Nets and Lakers later on. Yeah, and the Monday night football matchup, as we put a bow on week five of the NFL season, is going to go down in the desert in Las Vegas. Uh, you have the Green Bay Packers, um, you know, going to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I've heard from my sources down there um, in the desert that it is really heavy. Packers and casinos everywhere. I mean, look, Green Bay travels. Everybody's going to make an excuse to go to Vegas if your team is going to be playing the Las Vegas Raiders. This also makes you wonder, you know, when Mark Davis is almost like you make a deal like this is about at this point, if you're out there, you really don't give a damn just to how the, you know, you get it how it comes. But you have to really think what kind of home field advantage are the Vegas Raiders ever going to have? Because it's it's a tourist city for the most part. And you're going to have football when you have people like the Packers, the Steelers. I mean, we saw what it was like, you know, last week when they played the Steelers. But I. I, I, I'm expecting a big, heavy cheese head 
representation tonight. You know, this is Jordan Love is going to get his opportunity on a primetime schedule to see, you know, where his growth has come from and where he's at through the growth process and what this Packers team looks like coming off of a loss. And, of course, the Raiders are 1-3 and three facing uh, their season kind of being on the brink as well, too. What do you got? Well, on the other side of it, you know, Devontae Adams, his return game against the Packers. Yeah. Uh, and they're coming to his turf. Green Bay also supposed to be without Aaron Jones in the backfield. Yeah, he's been banged up. He got banged up a few weeks ago, uh, and they've been handling with gloves. Um, I think you told me last time, I know this opened up like really with the Raiders minus two, kind of where I saw it in most spots. Uh, I know you said about two and a half. Uh, This one did not make the card this weekend, uh, which was pretty much a decent weekend uh, on the foundation. Had a push uh, and a loss. Uh, The Colts were the only thing that kind of derailed me on that. Uh, But I would sit there and say if I had to do a small lean or suggestion, I'd probably take the Packers with the points on the road. Uh, and that got? follows your rule of the home team not getting three, right? Well, kind of uh, along that. I've also seen some trends at that, too, uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, Denver was a minus two favorite when that line came up. It really maybe got to two and a half day before they didn't cover. Uh, so there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I just do believe that, you know, unless the Raiders are able to turn over Jordan Love, even with no Aaron Jones, I just think the Packers probably have a better roster uh, than New England. And I think, you know, yes, this is Devontae Adams. They'll go overboard trying to feed Devontae Adams tonight against his former team, trying to continue to make him happy. Um, is Garoppolo clear to play tonight? Or are we going with it? Remember, we had that talk and I told you, you wasn't on there. I said, no, it's going to be that kid from Michigan State. And that's who they end up going as the backup instead of the guy that they had. But is Jimmy Jimmy back tonight? Do you know? I haven't heard too much on his injury I'm looking front. to confirm that real yeah. fast. Even if Jimmy's back, um, I probably would still give Jordan Love and the Packers a little bit of edge. You know, they got to know that they want to try to keep up for a wild card spot in that division, and they're really trying to keep pace uh, with the Detroit Lions, and I don't know how good that's going to be, because how hard or what kind of success they're going to have doing that. Because when you, I didn't, ha- I didn't get to them on the NFL side, but Detroit Lions, they pick up another W, and they're starting to put up more points. Uh, they're starting to really get explosive. Get Jared Goff is doing a good job protecting the ball. Um, they're on the verge of maybe running away with that North, especially when you look at Minnesota that couldn't get it done yesterday against the Kansas City Chiefs, who took a big blow, by the way. You know, Travis Kelsey, I doubt it very seriously. He's going to go Thursday that they need him, really. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Uh, special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, uh, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button before you're out the rack just ask yourself you grind in peace see you tomorrow when life sounds too much like this it's time to consider more of this Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York.
Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 